Well, good morning, Citygate Church and all of our online guests. Now, today is the final part of our series on life in the spirit. And we're going to carry on today talking about the power of God. We started last week on this, on this incredible journey, really, about understanding the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We found out that even the Lord Jesus Christ had a life-changing experience. It didn't really change his life, it changed everybody else's. But the world was never the same again. Why? Because the anointing of the Holy Spirit came upon his life. He said in, in the fourth chapter of Luke, the first thing he ever preached after he was anointed, in fact, the first sermon we have of Jesus full stop is this, how God anointed, he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. And then he went on about healing the brokenhearted and opening the eyes of the blind, declaring the year of freedom. The anointing sets captives free. You see, the father never intended us to be filled with the spirit without being empowered with the Spirit. Why? Because there's a lot of people that need to be set free. We found out that the anointing is when the Spirit comes upon. That's what the word means to anoint. It means to rub on. We use hand cream. We use ointment. We use all sorts of things. Why? To absorb something into our skin. The Bible says in Psalm 23, you anoint my head with oil. And I know for the uh, sheep, that was for health reasons and things like that. But for us, it's the anointing, the power of God absorbed into our life. That's exactly what happened to Jesus. He said, from this day on, this is going to start happening. And it says he already had authority, but all of a sudden, because the Spirit of God came upon him, he was now empowered. He couldn't just uh, pray for the sick. He could have done that for 30 years. But he had power to heal the sick. He didn't just pray for people who had needs. He had the power to meet the needs. See, that's the life-changing thing that happens. I believe in the life of a believer no wonder Jesus said, don't go anywhere or do anything until you've received power from on high. You see, if we don't live in the power of God, yes, we can pray for people. Yes, we can love people. Yes, we can have a compassion for people. And I'm going to be dealing with those things today. But God doesn't want us to be impotent of the power of God. He wants us to be empowered. Jesus said, greater things you are going to do and it's because he went to the cross and was raised from the dead and he defeated death, hell and the grave. But he said it's because the promise of the Father is going to be poured out, not just on the life of Jesus Christ, but because of what he did, he could pour out the Spirit upon the church, upon all the world really, but upon the church of Jesus Christ. That as we declare the love of God, as we shine as a light in the darkness, the power of God upon our lives can remove burdens and destroy yokes in the lives and the circumstances of the people around us. I'd like us to turn again to Mark chapter 16. Why? Because it is the Great Commission. Um, and he says this in verse 15, and we closed with this last week really. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but um, he who does not believe will be condemned. These signs, can I put it like this? These works of power will follow those who believe. 
If you've said yes to Jesus Christ, then your name is in that verse there. I'm a believer. You're a believer. When you said yes to Jesus Christ, then you have received what he's just about to speak about here. And these signs will, um, it says, these powerful signs will follow those who believe. In my name, in the name of Jesus, they will cast out demons they will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. There's no ambiguity about these verses. There's no, it may be, it may, you know, perhaps not. Is it God's will? Is it not God's will? Just like you find in the life of Jesus Christ when he went around the towns and the villages, anybody who came to Jesus Anybody who asked to be set free was set free. The Bible says Jesus healed them all and that was to fulfill that he bore our sicknesses and he, and he carried our diseases and by his stripes you were healed. That was to fulfill that verse that they were all healed. And I know that word all can sometimes make us a bit uncomfortable and a little bit sort of, oh well that's not been my experience and Perhaps I prayed for somebody or I laid hands on somebody and they weren't healed or, you know, I, I prayed for somebody and they weren't set free. But friend, I made a decision a long time ago. I want to raise the standards of my experience up to the level of the promises of God. I will never bring down the promises of God down to the level of my experience. And the Bible says this, so after he ascended, it says the Lord worked with and confirmed the word through the accompanying powerful signs. See, I believe the Holy Spirit, I don't know if I should say it like this, but the Holy Spirit is just itching to be involved with our lives, to set captives free, to remove burdens and to destroy yokes. I just believe he is so passionate about this. I believe the Father is sitting in heaven, the Lord is there, the Holy Spirit's been poured out and they want to do everything they can to bring the goodness and the love of God into a hurting and really a very destroyed world right now. A world without Christ. You see, there's the good news of Jesus, but there's a demonstration of Jesus Christ. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, but I believe as the church, God has anointed us to be able to say this, if you've seen me, you've seen Jesus. The same Jesus of the Gospels, the same Jesus that, that you know, divided the five loaves and the two fish and fed thousands, the same Jesus that said, stretch forth your hand and the man who had the crippled hand, diseased hand, whatever it was, was healed instantly on the Sabbath day. Yeah, the religious people didn't like it, but another person was set free. The same Jesus who cleansed the lepers. The same Jesus, and oh, what an amazing account this is. There was a funeral procession that was taking place. They were going out of the city and there was a young boy who died. Tragic. And yet Jesus stopped the procession. He touched the coffin. He raised the boy from the dead and everybody went back into the city for the most incredible party. I think of the head of the synagogue and he goes to find the Lord because he'd heard about healings and things and he said, my daughter's at home sick. And Jesus said, I will come and I'll, and I'll heal her. So they're on their way back to this man's house. And as they're on the way back, 
some servants come out and they find you know, the gathering, they find this man Jairus, and they said, this is tragic, but your daughter's just died. They said, don't concern the teacher anymore. And, you know, the incredible compassion of Jesus is just fantastic. And he just looked, I believe, straight in the eyes of Jairus, and he said, do not fear. He said, only believe. And I reckon something happened again by the power of God in that moment to still the fear, the anxiety, the torment of that family. And they turned around and they carry on to the house. And when they get there, everybody's distraught, understandably. But Jesus puts them all out because they start to criticize Jesus for what he's saying. And he goes in with his disciples and the parents. And he speaks to this little girl. And by the power of God, by the anointing of the Holy Spirit, he says, little girl, I say to you, arise. And he raised her from the dead. And he took her outside and said, give her something to eat. I understand when I say things like, if you've seen me, you've seen the Lord Jesus Christ. That, that can just sound so far removed from our experience and our reality. But I believe, friend, that God wants us to so walk with the Spirit. And this is not hard. This is not going to be something unattainable. I believe it's an act of faith, actually. I believe it's something that we stir up on the insides and we say, well, if you could do it in the Bible, if I can read the book of Acts and I can find people and they went out everywhere and the sick were healed and the, and the captives were set free and needs were met, then the same God of the Bible, the same anointing of the Holy Spirit can be powerfully upon our lives. In the middle of a pandemic, the anointing of God can destroy every yoke and remove every burden. As we head into 2021, I'm expectant of the power of God to be powerful, to be powerful upon the church of Jesus Christ. As we covered last week, it says that, you know, he said to his disciples, don't do anything, don't go anywhere till you've received the anointing power of the Holy Spirit, and after that, explode. Go and turn the world upside down. You see, that word, actually, the power of God, is a Greek word, dunamis. It's the place we get the word dynamic from. It's the place where we get energy from, to stir energy up, explosive. Very, very powerful word, dunamis. And he said, you will receive dunamis, the ability to explode the love of God, to explode the power of God in each and every situation, you'll get that power when the Holy Spirit comes upon your life. It's not just for an apostle or for a healing evangelist. It's for whoever believes. And this happened, or began to happen really, and of course it had happened in the life of the disciples in the time of the Lord Jesus Christ. They went out, they were healing people. You know, Jesus said, go into every house, heal the sick cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. He said this to his disciples. He said, meet every need. And when they came back, they were so excited. They said this stuff happened. It was by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. But of course, it happened on mass, I could say, and it was poured out into the earth on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2. And I know we've, you know we've spoken about this in the other weeks of this series about what happened on the day of Pentecost. But, but there was a sound of a rushing mighty wind. Now, they actually heard that sound because this was a very 
incredible experience with the Holy Spirit. It says fire came down and, you know, just Acts chapter 4, the building shook when they prayed. You know, the most amazing things happened and I've never, I've never seen the actual fire of God or heard the wind, as it were, of the Holy Spirit like, a, you know, as they did on, I mean, Acts chapter 2. But I can hear a sound right now. I know earlier in the year I preached from the book of Elijah and I know I keep referring back to that but it was such um, a series for this year in so many ways. And, and there was a time Elijah, he went up to the top of Carmel and the fire fell and then all sorts of things happened and then it, it was going to be the end of the drought. So he went and he prayed and he sent his servant to go and see if there was a cloud coming because there'd been a drought for three years and he said nothing there. Seven times he went backwards and forwards but finally when Elijah kept on praying, finally there was the, a cloud the size of a man's hand. And you know what? He, it says, I hear the sound. I hear the sound of rain. I hear the sound of a flood coming. See, he heard something in the spirit before anybody ever saw it in the natural. And here on the day of Pentecost, it says they heard the sound of a rushing mighty wind. And friend, I can't, I can't hear a sound like that here today, but I can certainly hear something in the spirit. I believe there is a sound of a move of God in our generation. And this isn't just to dangle carrots out in front of the church. Something's coming, something's coming. No, I absolutely know that God wants to show himself strong in our um, generation like he's never been able to show him strong, uh, himself strong before. I believe the church is getting stirred. The church is, is, is fanning into flame gifts and abilities. Um, I believe there's a cause of Christ that the church is getting really passionate about and stirred up about that our world needs the love of God, needs to hear that Jesus died on the cross and was raised from the dead. And God wants to empower us by the power of his spirit, not to just say the words, but to show a demonstration. The apostle Paul said, I didn't just come in wise and persuasive words but I came in a demonstration of the Holy Spirit and with power friend there was a sound on that day of a rushing mighty wind there is a sound today can you hear it can you hear the sound of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our generation in our church in Citygate Church and in every other church across the nation I'm sure there is a sound of a rushing mighty wind it says the fire of God engulfed them and we know, and we've covered this a few times now, that Jesus Christ came to baptise us with the Holy Spirit. It's not a doctrinal point. It's not something to just argue about and say, have we got it? Is it a second experience? Do I want it? Is it for everybody? Friend, the baptism with the Holy Spirit, God Almighty flooding our lives is not something to debate. It's, it's the Holy Spirit to yield to and say, Holy Spirit, flood my life. Life. says the fire of God engulfed their lives. Jesus came to baptize us with the Holy Spirit and with fire. That happened to them on the day of Pentecost and I believe it's happened in my life and it's happened in this church and it's happened in the body of Christ around the world. We are now anointed with the Holy Spirit and with fire and with power to go about doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil because God is now with us. The fire of God fell says they all began to speak in tongues. 
Now, at that time, they were speaking other, you know, into other cultures. Everybody could understand them in their own language. Uh, but the Bible's very clear from other parts of the New Testament that it's not just about understanding other people's languages. It's about praying with the tongues of men and with angels and, and speaking by the Spirit out of our hearts. And sometimes that's to interpret that when somebody speaks in tongues. It's for God to speak to us or speak into our own lives personally or to a congregation. But just speaking in tongues... Is, is just a release of the flood of the Holy Spirit that is on the inside of us. You know what? On a daily basis, there is very, uh, there's hardly anything which is more important than praying in tongues. And it's something I, I am passionate about stirring people to develop their ability of praying in tongues. There's always more. Sometimes I pray in the Spirit now, and I'll, I'll go into a whole new realm of praying in tongues. This may sound a little bit strange on this, on this online service right now, but friend, praying in tongues is such a powerful, powerful part of our Christian life. It brings enlightenment into our lives. It brings understanding. It actually fills us again with the Spirit and, you know, causes us to be more in step with Him. It, it helps us, to, you know, to subdue, you know, thoughts in our minds and to get the thoughts of God going, um, you know, through our lives, having, having access to the mind of Christ. As we, as we speak in tongues, I believe we're speaking into our her future and into the plan and the will of God for our lives. It's a prayer you can't mess up. Isn't that good? I don't know about you, but sometimes I go to pray in English and it's like, oh, I get a bit tongue-tied or I think, oh, I don't know what to pray and I don't know how to pray. But when you start praying in tongues, a river starts to flow. This is all part of what happened when they were anointed with the Holy Spirit on that day. There was a boldness that happened. The apostle Peter, who just a few days earlier had denied Christ through fear. They said, you know Jesus when he was hanging on the cross. He said, I don't know him. There was a time it actually says he cursed and said he doesn't know him. Just a few days later, <laughs> the anointing of the Holy Spirit came upon their lives. And there was a boldness. There was a fresh power that came upon Peter's life and he stood up and he preached on that day to thousands of people and carried on preaching. See, there's a boldness, there's a confidence that comes upon our lives when we're anointed with the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus said, wait, hang on a minute, don't go anywhere till you've received power. Why? Because there's a sound that you've never heard before. There's a fire that stirs something up on the inside, that shines in the darkness and sets us on fire with a passion and a compassion for the people around us. There's speaking in tongues. We are in touch with God like never before. But there's a boldness and a confidence which means we can go into all the world and actually fulfill what he's telling us to do. Go and preach to everybody. That doesn't mean to say everybody's in the ministry or everybody becomes a pastor of a church. But in each of our own situations, whether that's as a school teacher or an office worker, perhaps you're in the caring profession, perhaps you're a, a driver, whatever profession you're in, you know what? There's an anointing for your life. There is an anointing for you in your situation to shine and be Jesus in that situation to the people around you, to be an example of the goodness of God and the power of God and the love of God. 
I can remember, and I've given these stories before, I'm sure, about there was a time I used to work up in, up in Hatton Garden in a, a, a large, actually, the head office of, a, of an organisation up there. And there was this guy there, a guy called Steve. I'll just call him Steve. That was his name. And he'd had a dislocated shoulder for some time. And um, I was in an office, about 30, 40 people there. And um, I've been speaking to everybody just in, you know, the coffee breaks and whatever else about Jesus and my faith and how good God is and about how I'd seen miracles and just, you know, different things. Over, over a number of years, this, this happened, six or seven years. But there was some time, I hadn't been a Christian very long, when I was speaking to this guy, Steve, and he was there with this arm and it had been a real problem to him for some time, many weeks. And um, I said, you know, do you mind, Steve, if I just pray for you? Do you mind if I just lay hands on you? I'd explain that a little bit in conversation. He said, no, that's fine. Wasn't a Christian, didn't know Jesus, never been to church. And as I prayed for him, the power of God, we can use the word the anointing, destroyed that yoke, removed that burden. That man was instantly healed by the power of God. And as a result of that, he came to church, he gave his life to Jesus, and, you know, I... I'm not there anymore, obviously, in that office. This was 20 years ago, but I know I'm going to see that man in heaven because he received eternal life. I've got so many stories and accounts about the power of God, seeing blind eyes open, seeing people set free by the power of God. The Bible says there that you'll cast out evil spirits. Um, you know, that's not something we like to talk about in our nice civilized society today. Are there really evil spirits? I want to say, friend, a whole lot of the mess in our world is caused by demonic interference. And I'm not going to say everything's a demon just because somebody sneezes, they've got an evil spirit or, or, or anything like that. But friend, there are such things as as you know, strongholds by the demonic spirits that are around this world. People who are driven into addictions or lifestyles which are destructive for them and for the people around them. And friend, the only answer, uh, you know, thank God for counseling. Thank God for strengthening and encouraging people's lives. And, and we absolutely endorse that as Citygate Church. But sometimes a person can only be set free by the anointing power of the Holy Spirit coming in, in the name of Jesus and setting a captive free. That's something that's done by the power of God. And here on the day of Pentecost, Peter stood up and he preached. Thousands of people came to Christ. And as a result of this, the gospel spread and the power of God was seen all through the generations. As a result of that day, there were healings and miracles and signs and wonders began to spread through the known world. I believe that God wants us to believe for his best. The Bible talks about, and I've said this a number of times, that there's an end time church that has a form of godliness but denies the power of God. I want to stir up the power of God in Citygate Church and in our world. There is a God who so loves people that he wants to set captives free. And how does he do it? Through the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon our lives. He's not just going to do something from heaven independent of us. He said, no, you're going to receive power. The Spirit of God will come upon you, Jesus said to his disciples, and you're going to go and do this stuff. Greater works. Why? Because of the cross and because of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. How does this anointing work? How does this anointing work? Well, the first thing is this. The anointing 
works with compassion. This is not just a show. This is not to just go around and say, hey, look how powerful I am. Somebody did that in the Gospels, sorry, in the book of Acts. There was a man who saw, you know, the apostles and the believers, you know, with the power of God upon their lives. He said, I want to buy that because I want to do that and I want to show off a bit. And then there was another group um, and, and it says they saw evil spirits being cast out and they tried it. They said, in the name of Jesus, who Paul's talking about, and they tried to do it. And it actually says the guy with the demonic spirits there overcame them, stripped them and sent them off embarrassed. You see, why we want to be anointed with the Holy Spirit is central to the strength or the power of the Holy Spirit upon our lives. And at the very heart of God wanting to show himself strong is this, a spirit of compassion, a love for people. When you see people struggling, do you want to set them free? The heart of God is to set people free. It's not just to say, hey, look how great I am. It's because there's a heart of compassion. All the way through the Gospels, you find this expression, how Jesus had compassion and healed, or he had compassion and said. And I know our church here, Citygate Church, and the church around the world is known for our love, known for our compassion. But our compassion has got to end up with action. If compassion just stays at empathy, then all we do is sort of say, well, there, there, I hope you get through it. But I believe the anointing of the Holy Spirit working with and actually as a result of our compassion, we're going to see people set free. Why? Because we love people so much that we don't want to see them hurting. We don't want to see their family destroyed. We don't want to see their physical body, you know, full of disease or, or pain. We don't want to see their mind broken under the, under the torment of stress. We don't want to see their finances so destroyed that they can't afford to live life. Our God is a God of prosperity. He's a God of health. He's a God of wholeness and peace in our minds, our will, our emotions, our spirit, our finances, our social life. And as we have compassion on people in their situation, you know what? The anointing of God can be released in the most amazing way. The anointing works with compassion. See, the anointing also works with faith. There are times when the Lord Jesus Christ, just by his own anointing, went into villages and towns and everybody got healed. Most amazing thing, everybody got healed. Why? His faith was on it. He said, this is what I'm going to do. There are other times when individuals came to him and it wasn't in the big crusade. It wasn't in the big meeting. There wasn't that tangible presence, as it were, in full flood over a whole city or a whole village or a whole town but some individual comes to Jesus and says, I want to be healed. And it's not in a crusade environment. And Jesus said, your faith's going to do this. You see, faith lays hold of the anointing. There was a lady with the issue of blood. And she just said, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. And she came up behind him in this crush. There were thousands of people there pushing around Jesus. And it says that she grabbed the hem of his garment and he stopped still in his tracks. And he said, someone's touched me. And the disciples all said, everybody's touching you. Look, this is a crowd. This is a throng around your life. And he said, no, somebody touched me by faith 
because I felt the anointing leave my life. Not leave as in depart, but you know, be used. I felt the anointing operate through my life. Interesting passage there because it wasn't actually, you know, she didn't ask the Lord Jesus. She didn't pray about it and, you know, and have a conversation with him. She just said, I'm going to get hold of something by faith. And obviously I'm speaking there about the other way around, about you know, how faith in somebody can lay hold of the anointing. But faith and the anointing operate together. Faith and the power of God operate together. And I want to encourage us today, you know what? To, to absolutely get hold of what God has said in his word. He said, you are anointed, speaking to the body of Christ. He said, receive the Holy Spirit. You will receive power from God and how we are the body of the Christ, the one with the anointing. There was an old song we used to sing oh, 20 years ago. The word says I'm anointed, so I am. I've got the burden removing, yoke destroying power of God in my life. The word says I'm anointed, so I am. Friend, the spirit of faith says this, doesn't matter how I feel, doesn't matter what experience I've had, whether it's worked before or failed before, in the name of Jesus, I believe I'm anointed and I'm going to declare it and I'm going to lay hands on the sick, I'm going to pray big prayers and the anointing is going to work through my life. Now, of course, along with that faith stand has got to come an openness to the Holy Spirit. We need to live a life of honour. You know, there was a time in Mark chapter 6, it says Jesus couldn't do anything. Why? Because they were of their unbelief and they dishonoured him. They dishonoured him. So we've got to be people who live lives of honour. So compassion and the anointing and faith and honour all work together in the most amazing way. So we've got to live a life of intimacy with the Holy Spirit, but faith that is strong and powerful and doesn't say, well, I don't feel anointed. I don't feel like I'm empowered by God. You know what? The Bible doesn't work with people's feelings. It says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth and how the Lord worked with and confirmed his word. As we have faith in the word of God, as we pray the word of God, as we lay hands on the sick and declare the word of God, as we resist the darkness with the word of God, as we prophesy the word of God, we give the Holy Spirit something to work with. And as we have faith in God's word and as we declare God's word, the anointing will be released from upon our lives. How else does the anointing work? The anointing works with prayer. We've already talked about Elijah and the drought and hearing the sound, but the Bible says this in James chapter 5. It says, Elijah prayed and the heavens gave rain. Okay, so that's how it happened. But it says this, in that context of, it, of describing that prayer, he says how the effective, fervent, heartfelt, continued prayer of a man who knows God makes tremendous power available, which is dynamic in its working. There's the word power. There's the explosive power again. And it says, how is it released? As we pray. Not just praying, oh, Father, will you do something? Or, oh, Father. But it's like a prayer to bring a flood, 
That's the context of the Elijah. It was a prayer that says, come on, it's time for a flood of God. And as we pray, as we prophesy, as we speak God's word, as we pray intimate prayers with the Lord, as we pray and we resist the darkness, as we pray and lay hands on the sick, as we pray and cast out demons, you know what? It makes tremendous power available, which is dynamic, explosive in its working. That's the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Oh, I am so excited about this and I trust that you're laying hold of this with every ounce of faith on the inside of you saying, yep, that belongs to me. The word says I'm anointed, so I am. And God is going to work with me with signs following. As we close today, Psalm 92. It says this, the Lord has anointed me with fresh oil. The Lord has anointed me with fresh oil. King David said this, for by my God I can run through a troop and I can leap over a wall. He said, is there not a cause? And he got five stones and he threw them at Goliath. He understood the power of God upon his life, but he also understood the need to be anointed with fresh oil. And this is a faith stand. I'm anointed. Why? Because I'm part of the body of Christ. I stir up compassion. I have a spirit of faith. I'm going to pray. There's lots of other things we could talk about today, about being a worshipper. As we spend time in the presence of God, just pouring out our heart of worship, fresh oil comes upon our lives. As we speak about who Jesus is, Fresh oil comes upon our lives. As we live in harmony, in agreement with other believers, really clear Psalm 133, as we dwell together in unity, the oil is poured on the head, the anointing, and flows through the church. And in that place, God commands abundant life. Fresh oil. It's my prayer today for myself and for all of us today that we're anointed with fresh oil. Doesn't mean to say the old oil wasn't any good, but every day can be fresh. Every day can be fresh. Every day can be a new enduing with power. There is an anointing to be a husband. There's an anointing to be a wife. There's an anointing to be a parent. There's an anointing to be a school teacher. There's an anointing to be a truck driver. There's an anointing to be a care assistant or a doctor or a nurse. There's an anointing to be a singer. There's an anointing to be a pastor. There's an anointing for everything God wants us to be and everything God wants us to do. Friend, don't live life without fresh oil upon your life. Don't, don't operate in your job without fresh oil. I used to pray when I used to go up to that office in London and I've got so many stories of what the power of God did in those six, seven years but I would pray, I'd, I'd often get the early train, I'd listen to preaching during the night, then I'd listen to a preaching tape, there were tapes back then going up on the train in the morning, and I'd get the early train, so I was there at least a half an hour before office, and I'd just walk around Hoban Circus, Hatton Garden, just praying, just saying, thank you Lord for fresh oil for my life today, that no matter what happens, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, and I'm there ready 
and willing and open and able for anything you want to do today by your power into the lives of other people. Fresh oil. Often I used to go out of the, you know, during the lunch hour and perhaps listen to another preaching tape or, or have a conversation with somebody and then on the way home I'd listen to another preaching tape. Absolutely filled myself with the Word of God. Why? Hungry for the power of God. Hungry for the person of the Holy Spirit. Friend, fresh oil. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that this is your desire, your plan, that your church be endued with power. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are within us, you're around us, you keep us in step with yourself, but we thank you, Holy Spirit, for being poured out upon our lives. We receive today fresh oil. We receive that today. Holy Spirit, we receive you today. That this would not just be a doctrine or a theory or a belief, but this would be a reality that we walk in the power of God from the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Father, again, we just commit to not grieve, quench or resist you, Holy Spirit. But Lord, we would present our lives as living sacrifices right now. And by faith, we thank you for the anointing. Thank you for helping us to understand and learn how to walk with you, how to keep in step with you and how to release the power of God. We thank you for that. We thank you for open doors this week, Lord, to to impact the lives of the people around us. And Father, we thank you that you want to show yourself strong through our compassion, our faith, all by the grace of God. And as we pray, tremendous power is made available. We thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Well, I'm going to pray that that becomes a part of our daily lives, really. And um, as we go forward through the rest of this year, through the Christmas season, through on into 2021, that the best is yet to come, that God's going to do far abundantly above all we can ask or imagine through the anointing of God working on our lives. Friend, I want to ask you as well today, just very simply, have you ever received Jesus Christ as Lord of your life and are you constantly living with him today? Perhaps you received him many years ago as a teenager and perhaps your life's gone a bit cold, especially as I've been talking about the the oil and the uh, fresh oil of the Holy Spirit upon our lives. Friend, I want to encourage everybody today, make Jesus Christ Lord of your life. Receive him. He died for you in the most public way. He took your sin. He took your sickness. He took your disease. He took your oppression. He took the eternal death but he was raised from the dead in all victory, in all power, in order to give us eternal life. Friend, I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with me right now, line after line, very simply, out of your heart to receive Jesus Christ as Lord. Why don't you pray this with me? Heavenly Father, thank you that you love me. Thank you that you've revealed your love through sending your Son to die on a cross to give me life. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me for paying the price for all of my sin. I turn away from the way I've lived, apart from you. 
I receive you, Jesus, and declare you to be my Lord, my Saviour, and my friend. And by the help of your grace and your power, I will never be the same again. I receive eternal life. Amen. Friend, if you prayed that prayer, you are now a Christian. The Bible says if you declare that, if you believe it, that the power of God that we've been talking about works on a fantastic transformation in your life. Takes out your old life, puts in a new one, puts in a brand new spirit. Of course, there's going to be other steps. You need to get a Bible and you need to be, you know, praying and learning how to pray and read the Bible. And it's really important to be a part of a church. And if you're anywhere near Citygate, we'd love to see you. But there are great churches all over the UK, all over the world, wherever you are. Someone's going to be speaking to you about that in just a few minutes. We'd love to connect with you if you've just said yes to Jesus. But friend, for everybody else, that concludes this series on the Holy Spirit. But I believe it's just the start of a new life with the Holy Spirit. God bless you. Do everything you can this week to help make other people's lives great. God bless you and we'll see you soon.